Welcome to Sure Foundation Lutheran Church's podcast channel. The following sermon was preached on June 19th, 2022, on the basis of Genesis 37. In the name of our God, who brings you all of his grace and allows you to linger in his grace, amen. We haven't often done a sermon series, and we've certainly never done a sermon series where we've walked through an an entire story or or biblical character here. Um, So this will be kind of cool over the next six weeks to to go through the the story of Joseph and really pay attention to it and and dig out what we can devotionally for us. It's, It's an important story, and it's really, it's vital for the story of the entire Bible, but it's still vital for us today as well, because the story of Joseph will, will, will find in it law and gospel for us in our lives still. A story that, that took place a long, long time ago will still have application for you today. But this section is, is even more vital because it's the story of how God continued to carry on the promise that he had made to Abraham. So Abraham uh, was just a a few generations before Joseph in in the book of Genesis. You'll find him starting in Genesis chapter 12. Uh, The promise that God gave to to Abraham uh, was that he would be a great nation, he and his family would be a great nation, and that every nation on the earth would be blessed through Abraham. And that was possible because every nation would be blessed through Abraham, because the Savior would come from Abraham's line. And so the the story of Joseph is about the continuation of that that promise, the carrying on of God's promise from generation to generation. So you could say that uh, Abraham, Joseph's great-great-grandpa, was a pretty important figure in Genesis um, and really in the entire Bible. Um, Zach, if you want to throw the, the map up there, I want to give you a little background on, on Abraham, where this promise started, where we're going to be looking at uh, here with the story of, of Joseph. So God called Abraham out of the city of Ur, which is the bottom right here. Um, so that's, that's in, in Babylon, uh, it, or ancient day Babylon there. He called Abraham out of Ur with his family and all of his possessions and said, you need to go to the, the promised land, which is over here by the Mediterranean Sea, by, in the land of Canaan there. Um, and he, he stopped in, in Haran along the way. You see Haran's the, the very, is the very northernmost part on that, that route there. And that's where a lot of Abraham's family um, ended up staying when he continued on to, to the promised land. So God called Abraham to travel quite a distance to, to pick up and move and to believe and trust his promise enough to, to do that. And, and Abraham did. He, he had great faith. And, and as the, the Bible has said, it was credited to him as as righteousness. But here, here's the story of Abraham in, in two sentences. Abraham was promised to be a great nation, to have a lot of descendants, and that every nation would be blessed through him. And God made good on his promise to give him a son, but he made him wait a little while. He made him wait 25 years from the time he made his first promise, but God made good on his promise and gave him Isaac as his son, born to him and Sarah in, in their old age. And so Isaac was the continuation of this promise. Isaac met met a gal named Rebecca, 
And they had two sons, Esau and Jacob. And Esau and Jacob, they spent most of their time in this land of Canaan as as well, except for this short little stint, or maybe not so short stint, that that Jacob spent back up in Haran. You see, Jacob uh, stole the birthright from his brother Esau, and Esau wasn't too happy about that. And so Jacob fled from Esau, fled for his life from Esau, and went and spent a bunch of years in Haran. But by the time Jacob came back from Haran, he had two wives who were sisters, Leah and Rachel, and each of them had a servant girl that they gave to Jacob as his concubine. And if, if you're listening to that and you're like, that's kind of weird, um, that, that would play out in their life in a very negative way. This, this was not according to, to God's plan, uh, God's design for a marriage. It was an absolute mess. And we'll see that play out throughout the, the story of, of Joseph here. But then we get, we get to a, where we started reading today, Genesis 37, where we get the first mention of Joseph, who happened to be Jacob's favorite son. And he was Jacob's favorite son because he was born to Jacob's favorite wife, Rachel. And you're starting to see the family dysfunction already, having a favorite wife and a favorite son. And Jacob was not very secretive about his, his favoritism. It, you, you saw very early in, in the story that uh, Jacob gave to Joseph this ornate robe, this coat of many colors as Joseph has become known for. Um, and, and this was a robe that he, he didn't give to any of the other brothers. He didn't try to hide this robe from, from the other brothers. Uh, it, it was pretty obvious that, that J- Joseph was the favorite. And so you can imagine the, the sort of disdain that, that grew in the, the hearts of the brothers as they saw this gift given to, to Joseph. You can imagine how that disdain grew every time that Joseph put that ornate robe on. It just, it grinded them. Now add to that, add to that that Joseph brings a bad report to Jacob about his brothers and, and about the work that they were doing out in the fields. And the, the two dreams that he recounted to the brothers about how they will bow down to him. And you just got a, a recipe for a very volatile family situation here. Joseph's brothers harbored a lot of anger and bitterness towards Joseph. And in some respects, we really can't blame them a whole lot. Anytime a parent shows that kind of favoritism, blatant favoritism towards one of their, their children, um, it's just going to set the stage for, for jealousy. It's going to set, set the stage for a, a general sense of unfairness among the brothers. And, and maybe these brothers, um, they weren't so unreasonable. Maybe they could have gotten over something like that, right? Maybe they could have gotten over the fact that, okay, Joseph is, is the favorite. If it wasn't so blatant and if it wasn't so consistent, but it, it seemed to be. It seemed that this favoritism was a, a consistent uh, happening for for, uh, Jacob to Joseph. They had to to see this all all the time, and and this caused this this anger, this this rage, this bitterness to linger in their hearts. And and for a long time, this this anger and this bitterness went unresolved. It it went unchecked, and it, it had gotten to the point where it had pretty much taken over their heart, which is really the, the nature of 
anger, unchecked anger and bitterness, as it lingers, it grows. It's kind of like a snowball rolling downhill a little bit. If it's unchecked, if it's unresolved, it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And each interaction you have with that person that you're harboring this bitterness and this anger towards, it's going to lead to continued frustrations with that, that person. In fact, you might start to, to filter every interaction with that person through your anger and your bitterness so that every interaction you have with them is a cause of continued frustration. You, you can barely stand being around them because every time you talk to them, you're reminded of, of your anger and your bitterness even if they didn't do anything wrong, in your mind, they could do nothing right. That's how anger and, and bitterness, they, they grow in us. So you can imagine how Joseph's brothers would have acted with that anger and bitterness toward him and, and how that would have played out, starting with the, the ornate robe, starting with the, the bad reports, with, with the dreams. It, it just grew and grew until Joseph could do nothing right. They had, they had so much disdain toward him that, that it grew with every interaction they had with him. Even if Joseph was acting very innocently, even if Joseph was trying to act out of love towards his brothers, they interpreted all of that in the worst possible way. Uh, we can learn something from this in, in general. Uh, when, when you let anger and bitterness linger in your heart, when it, it just kind of marinates there, it ultimately leads to a general gracelessness. A, a gracelessness that, that refuses to entertain even the possibility of a second chance. A, a gracelessness that refuses to, to believe that someone could possibly grow and change from who they were in the past. A, a gracelessness that continues to define that person by their worst actions in their worst moments. That sort of angerness and bitterness internally infects a heart. And we know from, from Scripture that when something infects your heart, it ends up showing itself in, in words and actions. Jesus says, out of the heart comes all of these sinful things. It starts in the heart, then it works its way out from there. For, for Joseph's brothers, we see that. In words and in actions, Jacob gives Joseph this charge to go check on his brothers out in the, out in the field. And when he finally finds them in, in Dothan, um, they, his brothers see him coming from a distance and they start plotting. Here comes this dreamer. What, what, what should we do to, to him? Well, let, let's, let's murder him. And then they, they kind of come down from that a little bit and they say, well, we'll just severely mistreat him. <laughs> we'll, we'll just throw him in, in a cistern. It's, cistern is basically just a deep a deep hole in the, in the ground that, uh, that normally has water in it, but this one was, was empty. Let, let's throw him down there, and then we can decide what to do, do with him after that. They, they premeditated these, these things. And, and so they did. This unchecked anger and this bitterness, it had grown to this point where, where they had shown such dramatic cruelty to their, their brother, and then they eventually sold him into to slavery. And not just dramatic cruelty towards Joseph. Uh, maybe they weren't thinking about this, but they showed a lot of cruelty towards their, their own father. That now they're going to go, go back and consistently deceive him. This is a ruse that they're going to have to carry on through their entire life, that Joseph is dead when they know that he's not. 
when they know that he's, they sold him into to slavery in Egypt. And, and you can even look at Reuben a little bit here. Reuben was the, the good guy, right? He was the one that was advocating for, for Joseph that let's not kill him. Let's, you know, let's just throw him in a cistern and, and see, what, see what we can do after that. Even Reuben, even if he had pretty good intentions at that point, you can see where that anger and that bitterness had led him. He now has two sinful options, right? It, it had led him down that path where he either could go along with the brothers and, and murder Joseph, or let's just do the, the slightly less evil thing and, and throw him in a cistern or sell him into to slavery, right? And, and so you can see when, when you let this anger and when you let this bitterness linger in your heart, um, it, it may even get you to the point where you're, you're faced with two poor options. And really the truth that we can take from this is this. There is no God-pleasing result from a heart that marinates, that lingers in this anger or bitterness. And I think that, that's pretty easy to, to understand. I think we all kind of grasp that. But our natural, sinful, human default is anger and bitterness. We don't default to grace, but grace is what we so desperately need. Because grace is the only thing that can heal anger and bitterness because a grace-filled heart forgives. And this forgiveness releases you. It releases you. It frees you from this spiral of bitterness that you could go down. This whole, you can get Caught in your own cistern of, of bitterness. From, from, from fantasizing over revenge, it frees you from any of that, that stuff. Grace is the only answer to, to bitterness and anger because grace lets go of rage. Grace lets go of, of anger and it refuses to let the past cripple what's going on in, in the present. You can just imagine how that would have changed the story of Joseph. <laughs> If very early in the process of all of this, Joseph's brothers would have forgiven Joseph for, for either real sins or what they perceived to be sins, if, if they would have forgiven him for that, this story would have looked a lot different. If they would have dwelt in grace and lingered in grace instead of lingering in anger and bitterness, they, they would have never gotten to the point of, of selling him into to slavery um, Life could have gone on as, as it would have normally. They would have been able to move on instead of fixating on their desire to, to harm and hurt Joseph. But, but this is hard stuff. It, it's hard stuff to forgive someone. Uh, and and maybe, maybe we kind of understand that uh, because sometimes maybe it's easy to forgive someone if, if their perceived injustice against us is, is pretty small in our minds. But if, if it's big, it's hard to forgive someone. In fact, I would even go so far as to say it's impossible. It's impossible to forgive someone if you don't know the one who forgave you first. If you don't know what, what Jesus did for you, it'll be impossible to forgive. How God had every right to be angry with us. <laughs> How God had every right to to. Uh, dwell in bitterness toward us because we've given him no reason to show us grace, but he did. He did because that's who God is. 
He's a God who is willing to kill his own son instead of losing you. He's a God who is willing to forgive the first sin as well as the millionth sin. He's a God who is all-powerful and doesn't show his power by crushing us like ants, but he shows his power by giving us mercy. God's grace freed you and I from our sin it freed us from God's anger or bitterness uh, towards us. And it's only by seeing God's grace that you could give this grace to others. It's only by seeing God's grace that you can live a life that lingers in that grace. And really, that's what we're after. That's what we want to be as Christians. We want to be Christians who linger in grace. And I'll leave you with two things. We, we linger in grace by knowing what Jesus has done for us. We want to linger in that grace, knowing that we are forgiven, that, that no matter what we have said, no matter what we have done, no matter what our past holds, no matter what you feel guilty about and, and shame over, it's forgiven. And we want to linger in that fact that we're forgiven. So we come to church, we hear grace often. We dig into his word and we hear grace often. We come and we take the Lord's Supper and hear grace often, receive grace often. And, and the second thing we want to, as, as Christians, linger in grace and take that grace that, that Jesus has given to us and show it to others. When they don't deserve it, when we, we, we by all earthly means should not forgive that person, we will. Because we're going to linger in grace. We're going to free ourselves from any sort of, of, of prison, of revenge, or anything like that. We're going to forgive. And we can only know that by knowing Jesus. So, Today, if we're walking away with one thing, we want to linger in that grace. And, and I, want to ask, I want to ask us to pray together and, and ask God to help us to do that today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you show us grace and you teach us grace. We confess this is not natural to us. We naturally default to anger and bitterness. Forgive us. Allow us to experience your forgiveness that we may know it and be confident of it, that we may show grace to others, letting grace linger in our hearts always. We pray this in your holy name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Hey, this is Pastor Wilkie. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Uh, if you, you like what you're hearing from Sure Foundation, we'd sure appreciate it if you, you would leave a review and rate us on, on whatever podcast uh, station you listen from. Uh, this will help us get more people the message more often. We appreciate your support and, and wish you God's richest blessings.